This is Katie and welcome to episode three of Veteran Entrepreneur Talks, also known as the Vet Podcast. Each week, we bring you the story of an entrepreneur who successfully made the transition from military service to building a business. This podcast is powered by the Veteran Owned Collective, a private community for veteran entrepreneurs. Head over to theveteranownedcollective.com for more information. In this episode, we're talking with Amanda Hoffman, an Air Force veteran. She's the creator and owner of the Military to Mom blog and the Women in the Military podcast, which is on its way to 30,000 downloads in 2020. We talk about how she pushed through the plateau that almost ended her business, found her niche, and built an engaged audience. She's also got some really great reminders about investing in yourself and ignoring the competition. For complete show notes, please go to veteranownedcollective.com backslash podcast. Let's get started. Let's welcome Amanda Hoffman to the Vet Podcast. She is a veteran of the Air Force and the creator of both the Airmen to Mom website and the Women of the Military Podcast. Amanda, great to have you on. Uh, please say hello and tell us a little bit about your business. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. My business is mainly focused around the podcast right now because it's been going a little crazy, but I share the stories of military women on my weekly podcast. And so we have had 55-ish episodes as of when we're recording this right now. And I've interviewed people from women who are joining the military all the way up to, I had the 23rd Secretary of the Air Force on. And the wow. pod, yeah, it's been, it was a crazy year. It was really exciting. And I just love getting to share the stories of military women. I got to do all five branches last year. And so that was really exciting to do the Coast Guard and the Marines were my two smallest ones. And so I was excited to have people represent both those branches. That's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to hear, hear more about that. Um, but first, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your military experience. Obviously, it ties very closely into what you're, you're doing now. So tell, tell us what you did in the Air Force. My degree is in civil engineering. So I did the Reserve Officer Training Corps program at Fresno State. And that's where I met my husband. And he's an electrical engineer and I was a civil engineer and we met doing ROTC stuff and he graduated a year before me and we were able to get stationed together. And our first assignment was in Alamogordo, New Mexico at Holloman Air Force Base. And when I was at Holloman, the F-22 was being brought there. And so there was a bunch of construction going on. And they were refitting all the hangars from the F-117 to the F-22. And there was runway repair and German Air Force was there. So it was like tons of construction projects going on all over the base. And it was really a cool time to be stationed at Holloman. And when I was there, I guess about two-ish years, maybe three, I got tasked for a deployment to Afghanistan. And I deployed with the Army uh, on a provincial reconstruction team. And we were, I was attached to an infantry unit where we went out into the local villages. And as a civil engineer, I was in charge of inspecting all the projects that we had. And we were building schools, roads, government buildings, bridges, wells, retaining walls, all, all kinds of stuff. And, and it was an interesting experience to be out of the Air Force. And I feel like was in the Army for a year because mm-hmm. the deployment was a year, like four months yeah. of training and then a nine-month deployment. So 
That's, that's super interesting. Definitely not the traditional Air Force deployment that folks might think of. Um, and engineering assets, I mean, from my time in the Marine Corps, I can tell you that's it's absolutely critical up there with logistics in terms of critical function. Right. Um, so that's very cool. Okay, so when did you get out of the Air Force? I got out in 2013. Uh, I went to Wright-Patt after being in Afghanistan, and I got out when I was there. Okay, and and when did uh, when did you first um, start thinking about starting a business, and when did the business actually start? So technically, I think it started in like early 2014 uh, with blogging, but it wasn't really a business. It was more like a hobby <laughs> that I thought was a business because mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about marketing or business. And I just started a blog and started sharing my stories. And I really started with, I was really struggling when I left the military to be a stay-at-home mom. And I found this blogger who was doing this five-minute Friday. So every Friday, every Friday, she would put a prompt word out. And then you would write for five minutes. You wouldn't edit it. And then you would just post it. So I started doing that. And when my son was really little... That was like my goal for the week was to write for five minutes. And when I started doing that for like a month, I was like, I really liked writing. I liked the community that she had created around this five minute Friday word. Mm -hmm. And I started to get connected with other women. And so I decided that I would start a blog and then I was like, and I'll make money. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I really struggled with, like, what to write about, where I needed to be, how to build an audience and all that. My engineering background didn't really help me with <laughs> running uh. a business. So, so yeah, so it was kind of crazy. So it started pretty much, like, within six months of leaving the military. But it's really only been in this last year where people have, like, started to recognize the work that I'm doing. And, and it's been really, oh, wow. really cool. Okay, so you so you wrote um, for three or four years before you really start felt like you started getting traction. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yep, definitely. And, and that I I hear about this like especially when it comes to podcasting and also blogging and social media. You know, this need to do like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this all the time. He's like, no one knew who I was for the first I don't know ten years or something. Like, so how did you push through that and continue creating content when you know you maybe didn't have the size of the audience that you wanted that you're starting to build now? How did you keep yourself motivated? So when I got pregnant with my second son, I like I had no desire to write or do anything. And I like almost quit like all the way. Like I was just like you said, no one was listening. I was working really hard and it Mm -hmm. didn't seem like a good idea. And just I don't know if it was being pregnant or everything combined, but like I had no desire to write. But my blog was this was like, I guess. Anyways. My blog was about to expire and this random company emailed me and was like, will you write this article for a hundred dollars? And I was like, well, (laughs) yes, yes, because that'll cover my blogging fee for the next year, like more than that. And why would I not do it? It's just like writing an article. And so Mm -hmm. I did that. And it was I mean, it was weird. I have no idea like how they found me or why they contacted me. I guess I attribute it to like a God thing that I needed to keep going and that to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like how I like kept going was like random things where people would pay me to write and it just kept my blog going and making a little bit of money. Not really Mm -hmm. like just enough to keep this hobby around. 
And I also like right. bounced around all over the place. I like I wrote about everything from like natural birth to travel to like everything. I was really struggling with my transition out of the military and I mm-hmm. didn't associate like my veteran piece and I didn't want to write about it because I just I was having a hard time like not admitting that I was a veteran but being like part of the veteran space and the veteran community and so I didn't want to write about it but the more I strayed like off onto my weird topics that didn't really make any sense like my audience disappeared the small audience that Mm. I had and it was only when I went back to writing about like military stuff that then they that small audience came back and then it it's slowly grown over time and so it was really a struggle uh, not not to get too off topic here but I think this is something other people struggle with can, can you talk more about struggling to identify with the veteran community and like you know be part of that I, I'm curious I'm curious if you could tell us more about that yeah I think I think I know for women especially it's really easy to just dive into your next role so my next role when I left the military was to be a mom and a military spouse. And mm-hmm. I knew about the VFW, but I didn't know really any other veteran organizations outside of that. And I, as a young mom with a little kid, I didn't feel mm-hmm. like the VFW was like worth my time to like try and go to. And so I kind of felt resentment towards the veteran space and I would go to like various events where like it was all focused on my husband because he's still in the military and then and and there would be like this inner conflict between like who I was as a military spouse and how hard it was to be a military spouse but then also like not being recognized because I was a woman and whenever they would say like if you're a spouse or a veteran raise your hand and people would always assume I was a spouse because I was a woman and that was I had a lot of resentment for that even though I knew how hard it was I just I still had like deployed and I had served my country and I was like not getting recognized and so that was kind of like anger that I felt and I had to like not direct it at military spouses because they weren't even the ones that was that were doing it It was like older guys who like yeah the institution yeah that the veterans look a certain way and they're a certain type of person and, and we don't fit that yeah yeah um that that definitely that definitely resonates me perhaps a, a topic for a, a follow-up podcast um but yeah. uh okay so, so, you, so you find your voice and you finally you're able to connect with this audience around you know women in the military uh veteran topic uh so how did you when did you actually come to the conviction that this was your audience and and what did you do like what kinds of goals did you set for yourself and how did you start to go after growing an audience in this niche so I started collecting deployment stories and I thought I was gonna get mainly stories from men because men are in the military and then Uh I got like all women except for one guy and I was like (laughs) oh I'm a woman women want to talk to me I can share their stories and it was kind of just like a light bulb moment when I realized like I'm a woman and that I can tell our stories because of who I am and like and my experience and so it was kind of just it was like an accident in a way because Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for women's stories I was just looking for deployment stories but then I got these amazing stories from women and 
more women than I expected had stories that were kind of like mine, like not their traditional deployment. They were out doing stuff that people didn't expect. And I got to share those stories with people and it was really cool. And so when I started collecting more stories, I took out the word deployment and I just wanted to hear the stories of women because I already knew that they were really interesting. And then I just loved hearing their stories and I was fascinated by what they were teaching me and it was just really cool. That's so cool to hear that. I mean, and I, I know everyone talks about like finding a niche and exploiting the niche. So you so you found your niche and you're passionate about it. There seems to be some interest. And then how do you make that that leap from the niche and understanding what that is and having a little piece of it to actually, you know, building a business around it? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? It's a lot of work. I can tell you that. <laughs> so I started my podcast in January of 2019. And I, the first week I had 80 downloads and I was really excited because I thought that was exciting. That's great. And so I, but it was funny. I just did all the statistics for 2019 yesterday. And it was interesting to see like January was kind of slow. And even the second quarter was pretty close to the first quarter because I didn't start right at the beginning of January. But then the third and fourth quarter of last year, like something caught fire and it like took off. And so I think a lot of a lot of it is like you work hard and you do all the things that you're supposed to do. You put out the like regular episodes and you like meet with people. But also a little bit of it is like luck, like the right people find your podcast. Like I was able to interview the secretary of the air force and that was just a random person tagged me on linkedin and like she mm. connected with me and wanted to be on the podcast and i was like there's no way she's gonna actually email me back but then she did and then she was on the podcast and then just different people have like tagged me in different things and i did a mentorship program with american corporate partners and my yeah. mentor was like you need a pitch for veterans day to be on like national news and i was like okay whatever and so i did and i was on fox business uh the week of veterans day yeah congrats that's that's incredible yeah and it was only because she was like you need to pitch yourself and then i did and i didn't i was like it was the easiest pitch to write so i just wrote this pitch and hit send and was like well I did what my mentor told me to do. And so, and so I think like having mentors who push you to do stuff that you would like not ever do and being Mm -hmm. brave and putting yourself out there. And then you, it's always surprising, like how people respond to it and, and what opportunities come. Well, if you don't put yourself out there, then no opportunities are going to come, right? You have to put it out there and believe in yourself. I hear, I hear a lot of that and, and I struggle from that myself. Um, I think every every business owner does, especially when you're you're starting something. Yeah. Um. So so it sounds like uh you have built you know a, a system for developing content and publishing content. Like which channels do you actually distribute content to? Do you do LinkedIn as well as the website and the podcast? Yeah, I I use LinkedIn a lot. I think that was also like one of the pivotal changes is uh, shortly after we moved. So in 2018. I started using LinkedIn and I, I got the free upgrade because we, my husband's in the Air Force and we moved across yeah. the country. And so I had the premium membership for a year 
and then I was actively like posting content and you just get better engagement and I feel like more opportunities when you're on LinkedIn and you're really active. And so that would definitely be another key to success because when I posted that I published my book in June and I had like a picture of it, it went viral on LinkedIn with like over 30,000 views. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was just like a random picture. Like I took a selfie. I was like, look, I wrote a book. And then it like (laughs) took off and was like, it was crazy. And it was, I've never had anything happen like that before. And so it, it was really cool. But I think that's, that's very exciting. Yeah. LinkedIn, like, I think there's so many people who are there who like want to support you and like help you in your business. And if you're mm-hmm. like active and engaged and posting and commenting on other people's stuff, people realize that. And then it kind of builds a real community. Yeah, I think I think LinkedIn is, is definitely underutilized. I'm guilty of that as well. I'm trying to manage as many content channels as I can right now. But I keep reading and hearing from people like you that it is such a valuable asset. So I'll get, try to get my butt in gear and <laughs> do more on that platform this year. Um, so uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what resources you've leveraged, like as you've built your, your website, your audience, your business. It sounds like American Corporate Partners is a great resource and I'll link to that in the show notes. Like what other resources were really helpful to you as you, as you've gone through this, this uh, build? So I've been in a military spouse group called the mill spouse creative and they have like daily prompts and it's really helped me connect with other military spouses who are entrepreneurs and face the same challenges as me. And it also like gave me a community when we were talking about like, how do you keep going when nobody knows who you are? It was people in that group who were like, I'm watching you. And I was like, what do you mean you're watching me? (laughs) Like, how do you even know who I am? But they like saw something in me before I could see it in myself where they were like watching to see like, once I put all the pieces together, what was going to happen. And so that was, yeah. I think you need stuff like that where people are like encouraging you and they're rooting for you. Yeah. And I also went to the military influencer conference. It was in Orlando two years ago and it was DC Mm -hmm. last year and it's in San Antonio this year. And it, it was a great way to connect with people. And it was also a pivotal point in my business because I invested in myself. I think for a long time I was trying to like just like will things to happen and not like actually put the money behind it, but to mm-hmm. actually like invest in myself to go to this conference to figure out childcare so that I could go. And that that was like a turning point. Not only did I meet people that I never would have met if I hadn't gone, but I also just it changed my mindset of like mm-hmm. this isn't a hobby anymore. This is like a business and that yeah that makes a I big deal. Yeah. you invest in your business yeah right um I, I know that conference i see i've seen them on 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 social media like what what is the purpose of that obviously like it's, it's centered on influencers but what do they actually do while you're there is it a lot of networking events there are a lot of networking events there's a lot of classes and there's like obviously like a conference floor with all the vendors but for me it was more like the networking piece where i got to like meet with people Lots of military spouses that I had talked to online, but actually got to spend Mm -hmm. time with in person. And then this last year, 
because I'm more involved in like the veteran space, it was it was really weird because people would be like, you're Amanda Helfman. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> I am. And so it was just cool to like meet people, get to like uh, set up, you know, like future podcast episodes and just connect mm-hmm. with more people. And I actually led a women veteran meetup at the conference where cool. I had this idea and I was too afraid to do it. And then I finally put it out there and I was hoping there'd be like 10 women who would show up and there ended up being over like 50 women who came to wow. the meetup and it was really cool because for the rest of the conference I knew that like who the women veterans were because we kind of just mm-hmm. blend in mm-hmm. and so that was kind of cool to have this like right at the beginning of the conference we met up and we got to like hang out and it was just like the coolest thing just to be surrounded by like 50 other women veterans in one place and like we were all veterans and so that was really it's just kind of a cool environment to be you're out of the military but then you get to go to this conference and like everyone has a military connection so it's got that military community and vibe and and great speakers that's that's been one of the most you know surprising things to me I think when we all we're on active duty. I, me personally, I didn't know. Like, I knew the veteran community was here. I didn't like know what it meant. Right. And it took me probably a year or two to really realize what was out there and like what it could mean for me. And so that community aspect, like you're talking about, is that's been so valuable to me. And you know, I just it wasn't something I was expecting to find. Yeah. Um, so it's been a pleasant surprise. I tell people who are transitioning, I'm like, don't worry. Like, there's a group here to catch you when you come out. You just gotta, you know, make the jump, and we're we're here to help. Yeah. Um. So it sounds like you have some some really big plans for for 2020. It sounds like 2019 was a great year for your business. Like what what do you want to accomplish just like at a high level um, in 2020 with your with your uh, website and your your podcast? I want to start bringing in regular sponsors for the podcast so I can start making money. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I hit the 10,000 downloads last year in my first year, which was really exciting. Congrats. Thank you. And so my crazy goal is to triple that to get to 40,000 and get 30,000 in 2020. And so those are like my two things. I started Patreon too, which is a website where like normal people can just support influencers that they're interested in or want to help them grow. And so I want to build the Patreon membership to have it bring in a regular income and then on the other side work with sponsors to bring in an income that way I can outsource a lot more stuff and it's not just me doing everything and then I can do more stories and more episodes and be more Mm -hmm. involved uh can you say more about Patreon I'm actually not familiar with them so I we're familiar with them because we watch a lot of YouTube and a lot of YouTube channels have Patreon but it's a platform where you set up different tier levels so like my first tier level is a dollar and it's just you get a badge that says women of the military supporter and then I have like five other tiers ranging up to fifty dollars a month and with each Mm -hmm. package they get like you get early access to podcast episodes higher up levels get like one-on-one mentorship meetings with me once a quarter and I give out a copy of my book and if I have like more projects come up that I can give out free stuff to the people at 
various levels, then I'll continue to do that. And I'm also working to build like more one-on-one interviews to provide resources. And that's all going to be in the Patreon, but it just, it's a really easy process to set up. You just go to patreon.com and set up your Patreon account and they take a small fee of like when you get Patreon members, but to use the service essentially is free in the beginning and you can just set it up and they like walk you through the steps. They even give you like tier levels that they suggest and Mm -hmm. what they should give. And it's really a cool platform to help entrepreneurs connect with their audience. Yeah, that that is uh, that's very cool, and we'll I'll link to that in show notes. I I talked to several other folks who have you know similar style of businesses, and they're kind of at this point where they need to start bringing in some money. They're not exactly sure how to do it. So that sounds like a really great way to yeah. give your audience a chance to contribute. Um, I think most people most people realize that it's not free for someone like you to create content, and I oh you know like and the NPR model right like people do want to contribute and support people who are doing right doing stuff and putting good content there so that's that's a great resource um okay so big goals for 2020 30k downloads that's uh I think you can do it I mean hey you knocked out of the park in 2019 so yep. and then bring bring in more sponsors um so what um it sounds like you have uh quite a lot to balance you've got two kids uh, your is your husband still in the military yep Okay, so you're balancing all of that, and and you're running this business. So, like, what what's what's been the toughest thing about about building this business over the past? I mean, I, I would say the last year because it sounds like it's really when it's accelerated. But right. you can, you know, over the whole lifetime if you want, either or. I think it's constantly reminding myself what my mission and my goal is. Because you said my husband's in the military; he has six years left. I guess six and a half. And like my goal is to like grow the podcast and my business so that when he retires, that we can retire off his retirement and my income and he won't have to work so we can travel. Mm -hmm. And that's like my long term goal. And so if I make money now, it's good because it helps me grow. But it's not like the main focus. The main focus is my kids are four and six. So my four year old's still at home with me a lot of the time. So Mm -hmm. I have to like find pockets when I can get work done and not do it all and that also comes with like outsourcing because as my business grows thing more things have to get done and you have to do more stuff and so just finding the balance and like remembering the focus I think it's really Mm -hmm. easy to look at what other people are doing and like get in comparison mode and then you can be like oh well my life isn't or my business isn't doing what they're, but if I can like stay focused on like what my goal is and not let comparison steal my joy, then I'm, then I'm doing what I need to do because it's so easy to get distracted by what other people are doing, but you don't know what's going on in the background of their life. And you need to focus on like what you want to do and what your goals are. And so that is very true. And I hope that anyone who's listening will take that to heart. It's very easy to get distracted. And like you said, you only see a, a piece of someone's life and their work and mm-hmm. you never see what's behind the scenes. So I, uh, one more question before we go, and that would be, you know, I think you kind of just hit it there, but do you have any other pieces of advice that you would give to people who are in your shoes uh, or who want to be in your shoes? They want to start a business. 
and maybe they don't know where to start or they're not sure if they can keep going. Like, is there, what other advice would you have for better entrepreneurs? So I like to tell people that your story matters because I think everybody has a story to share and everybody's story is important. And you just have to find what piece of your story you want to focus in on and use that to drive you forward. I love that. That's awesome. I feel like that should be a, a bumper sticker <laughs> story model. It's true. Yes. It, uh, it, I think it's, it's easy to get down on yourself and, and think, you know, what do I bring to the table? Like, why is my perspective different or important? But it is, right? So mm-hmm. everyone's unique and we've all had different experiences. So I think that's a really great thing for people to remember. Um, I, Amanda, I want to thank you so much for your time. Um, I've, I've enjoyed our conversation and I'm, I'm glad to have you in our, our VOC community. Uh, and so I, I just want to give you a chance to, to give the audience a call to action and then tell them how to get a hold of you. So go listen to Women of the Military podcast. You can listen <laughs> on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Women of the Military or you can head over to my website, www.airmentomom.com. And I put a web blog posts to all the episodes so that you can find them easily there, too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, it's been fun. Thank you.